Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now tonight I'm going to share with you how to be financially independent and retire early with $1 million. Now it's the fourth Tuesday in the month and that means we're going to take a look at major world currencies. We'll also analyse your stocks, answer your questions and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, uh, as you know, Janine is not with me at the moment. Uh, she's actually on maternity leave at this point in time. So, um, and she does miss you. I spoke to her last night and uh, she is keen to get back on the show. But uh, as you can appreciate, she'll be off for a fair while for the moment, I'd say. Um, be at least till the end of August before Janine gets back with us. But uh, we're looking forward to have her back online. But up until then, you've just got me. So uh, please post your questions and everything else. I'm happy to answer everything. Um, now, you know what is really interesting to me, and, and I find this a case quite regularly, is that we constantly are getting calls and emails from people who've been trading for quite a few years, some of them up to 10 years, some of them up to three, four, five years, but after doing, and they do so after doing some weekend workshop, and they're struggling or going backwards with their trading, and it's quite common for me to get emails and to get phone calls coming in or people inquiring about our courses from these people who've done weekend workshops. And the reason why they did the weekend workshop in the first way, first place was simply because it was quick um, and only a few thousand dollars. But I have to ask whether it was a good education. That's one of the questions I give to these people. Uh, yeah, it is quick and it is reasonably inexpensive in a few thousand dollars, but really is it valuable to you? Now, with the amount of people coming to us, uh, you'd have to say for the most part, know that their education wasn't very valuable. And I know when I chat to these people, I often ask if they have a degree and if that degree was to help them get a job. And as you can and I guess, most of the times the answer is yes, they had a degree and uh, yes, they did it to get a job. But this is where the conversation actually gets interesting. As I ask them that if I could do their job after doing a two day seminar or just walking around with them for two days, having them tell me what their job is, and the answer is always no. And here's where that proverbial penny drops. As a professional trader, having someone think they could be at my success or be successful at my role with just two days training is a little, well, I think, you know, it's a little bit insulting that people think that they can do my role with just two days in a workshop with a hundred other people. 
Um, all they've gotten in a weekend workshop is information and not education and there really is a vast difference between getting educated and just getting some information. I call them the dump and run um, seminars because that's really all the presenter has time to do is dump a lot of concepts and not develop a lot of skill and a lot of education. But let me also say that if you think you will learn to trade from watching YouTube, then you're pretty much in that same boat uh, because we get just as many people who've spent years watching YouTube videos only to continue to struggle with investing and trading through the market. Generally, uh, I get words of, I'm confused, I'm not sure what's right, I'm not sure what's wrong, I'm not sure where to go uh, and how to do things. Now, I do understand things um, and I've even had people saying, I know what's in your course because um, I've studied it all on YouTube, but so tell me why your course is great for me. And, uh, and they're ringing us because they're not successful. So I can uh, honestly say to them, you haven't really learned things, you've just learned a lot of what and a lot of how. Now I'm sure given you're watching this live show that you wish to be more successful in investing and trading. And so surely it just makes sense to give yourself the best shot at it. Um, otherwise you're just wasting your time, your money and quite often both your money and the time. Now Janine and I are always here and we're here to really help you understand the market better. but. More importantly, give you a better direction um, so that you make better choices because the best traders make the best choices. Uh, and I find the most inconsistent traders generally make the worst choices and it generally is from lack of education, uh, lack of understanding and uh, more gambling mentality for some of those as well. And uh, Jenny and I are doing our best to avoid at least some, or help you avoid at least some of those pitfalls that others fall into. now. You can see every week comments in the chat about how many people are getting that, uh, getting what we're talking about and, and getting that bit of an, uh, an education or insight into the best journey from watching Janine and I each and every week. Now, this is really reassuring to us that not only are we helping people, but they were reaching out to help a wider audience than we normally would be able to. Normally, Janine and I only deal with our students. That's it, our students and graduates and help them. So um, we think everybody's been giving us feedback, whether it's been on emails, we've got uh, emails, it, it's on the YouTube, on the chat, some people are doing it, and obviously on this live chat as well. So it really does encourage us to do, um, do this show and you know, put our time and, and our valuable time and effort into making it for you. Now it does take a while for us, Janine and I do spend a lot of time working on this show every single week to, to get it right for you. Now remember, with the chat box, there is a chat box on the screen, it's off to the right of the screen for you. If you do want to ask me questions, make comments, um, you know, want me to look at a stock for you, please um, put your comments there, I'd be happy to, to answer those for you. Now if you're asking me for a stock, just don't put, can you look at XYZ, always put down what you're thinking, why? Do you own it, do you not own it, why are you looking at it? Because remember, this is not just about spoon feeding you, it really isn't. I'm not going to tell you what to buy and sell. And if you're serious about wanting to trade properly, then you should be independent as a trader, not relying on other people tell you what it is. Now, we do get traders that get on this and want confirmation of some of their thinking, and that's fantastic. But um, please put down why you want to look at the stock and, and what your thinking is so we can get down into even more valuable information. Now, first up tonight, we're going to take a look at the major world currencies, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, what they've been doing and what we think they may do in the coming months. Now, like last week, I've recorded my thoughts a little earlier today. Now, I'm doing a high level on all the currencies and I've done it a little bit different today. Um, but uh, can, um, so a little earlier today, as I said, I recorded a video. Now, we're going to play that video so I can get into the chat, see your questions and get ready to look at the stocks for you later on in the show. 
as I said earlier, it's the fourth week of the month and that really means we're getting into the currencies. Now I'm going to take a, a little bit of a different tact than what Janine did last month on the currencies and I'm actually going to bring up the Aussie dollar against the world major currencies. And as we go along each month, we're going to do something a little bit different and add a bit to our analysis. But let's get into the charts now. So on the screen, you can see the Aussie US dollar. Now I've specifically not put any work on these charts just so you can have a really good look at things now. All too often people bring up their charts and they've got lots of content on the charts, many indicators and a whole range of other things. And this can distract you to what's um, really on the chart and what it's actually telling you. And you can see here how our Aussie dollar really either it's really gets that resistance around that sort of 70 odd cents um, US. And that's really where the Australian government really likes our Aussie dollar likes to be, doesn't really like it when it gets too much above that 70 cents, but it likes to be sort of in that real band. And as you can see here, that low level is around about 69, 68, in that sort of now getting down to about 68 there. So this whole band, if we put a, a box here around the Aussie US dollar, and if I just go to that, go to my drawing tools, get a rectangle and we start here and we do this, you can see most of the trading on the Aussie US dollar is in that sort of band. There's a little bit of time below it, a little bit of time above it, a tiny little bit of time there, but most of it is between that 65 and that 86 cents. So you've got to be looking at this and saying, well, it's at the bottom end of that range. And really what you've got to look at is, is, is it going up or is it going down? Now, right now at this point in time, we need to assume it's more bearish because it's been going down here, but it is finding some support here. Little bit of indecision at this point in time for this current month. Remember, it is a monthly chart. So um, I think if we can get a little bit more support, then we're gonna see some rising over the next few months on the US dollar, especially if they do um, reduce their interest rates. Obviously with our reduction of interest rates, it's not really supporting the Australian dollar rising against the US dollar, but if they bring theirs back, we might see a little bit of a rise here, but I don't think there's gonna be too much of a rise. It would be nice if you're traveling to the US and having an up around a dollar, but that's not the case. Now let's now move on to the pound or pound sterling that uh, we're measuring on here. Now looking at this again, same sort of thing, it has been bearish against the pound. And if I take that here and bring you the whole history, again, you can see here that a lot of the time we're sitting around that sort of 50 odd cents or 50 odd um, pence per $1. So really that's a big area here and we can see right down around that low 30s, but most of it's trading around that sort of 40 to 50 pence per one Australian dollar. That said, interestingly, right now the market does look a little bit stronger for the Aussie dollar against the pound sterling here. So whilst it has fallen away, we found some support here and if I put my little tool on here and we just click over here. You can see it's found a bit of support around this sort of area, around this 54 cent area. It's closed below on one occasion and two occasions, but the rest of the time it's really sitting above this 54 pence and uh, it's starting to look good. So if we do see it continue to move up, then I, I see no reason why it might move up to around that 60 pence mark, but it is looking a lot stronger. Now the other currency that really is uh, important to Australia is obviously the Chinese renminbi or the Yuan. Um, it's a little bit harder to say for us Aussies, isn't it? But looking at this, you can see how we've been a little bit more bearish against that the all-time high was right back here 
on the, the Chinese Australian um, currency exchange. It's 2011, July 2011. But right now it looks like we're pegging back a little bit. Again, not quite as strong as I th would like it to be, but that will depend on what uh, commodity prices do, interest rates in Australia do. But right now it is moving up slightly and slowly. So it is looking a little bit better. So, um, but now, as I said, uh, probably wouldn't be a great time to do to go to China. And obviously buying goods off China is a little more expensive right now than what it was six or 12 months ago, but it does look a little bit more bullish. Singapore dollars, that's another one that uh, we see a lot of Australians go to Singapore. Right now, again, it looks bearish against the Australian dollar, but uh, it is pulling up. But looking at its whole history, we see that really, really quickly. Again, you see a lot more sideways movements. And so around that, we get a lot of times we're around parity with the Singapore dollar, which is generally pretty good. But right now we're right down around that 90 to 94 cents. And uh, I don't see any sort of bullishness at this point in time in the Singapore dollar. So if you are traveling to Singapore, uh, is no good news. Hong Kong gold is another one that we uh, obviously, obviously have a lot to do with. Seeing this here, you can see again, a lot of sideways movement. This is exactly what happens with lots of currencies. So 62 cents down to about 50, uh, sorry, not 62, so $6.20, uh, six Hong Kong dollars, 20 every Australian dollar down to about $5.29 Hong Kong dollars. So that sort of the mid range and we are at the bottom of that. So in theory, it should start to move up uh, over the coming months into that next area. Two more I've got to do is just go doing nice and quickly through to the Japanese yen and again, Here's that big sideways movement between um, 90 yen and around about 73 yen. Again, we're at the bottom range of that. So I think the bottom, what we're seeing, seeing here is the Aussie dollar because of our interest rates drops and everything else, it has dropped away against a lot of major world currencies. So at the end of the day, what bottom, everything will bottom out and it'll go the opposite direction. So I think that the future is bright for the Aussie dollar over the coming years, but right now it's probably a little bit too early to say that it's gonna go up against all those major currencies. Um, here's the Aussie New Zealand dollar, and obviously right now we're sitting at a dollar and four, so slightly above parity for the New Zealand dollar, but again, that sort of area there between a dollar, dollar 12, we're looking at there, this sort of, even though we have some big areas where we get up to a, that dollar 40 against the New Zealand dollar back here, uh, and in this in 2011, we're up at a dollar 37 which was the high here, but most of the time around about a dollar to a dollar 20 roughly um, from that point of view. But again, really at the bottom of our range. So I think we are looking a bit stronger for the New Zealand Aussie dollar at this stage. So depending on whether you're doing business, um, looking for currency trading pairs, I think from a currency trading point of view, the Aussie dollar will look good moving forward once it does start moving up against these currencies. But we need to make sure that we're not having more interest rates fall. So uh, over the next couple of months, we may be getting some of those, which will force our dollar are slightly lower, but I'd suggest we are at the bottom or the bottom end of these range on these currency pairs at this point in time. So that's a really high level take. There's no um, analysis on those, but what I want to do over the coming months is put a little bit of analysis on those to give you a bit more of a, a technical insight into these. But that's it for me on the currencies for this week. Let's get back to the show. Oh, welcome back, everybody. And uh, just with currencies, a lot of people uh, say to me, can you teach me to trade FX market? Or can you teach me to trade options? Or can you teach me to trade the US market? Or can you teach me to trade X, Y, or Z, or CFDs? A whole range, everybody keeps saying to me, can you teach me to trade X? 
And to me, if it, the answer is if you can trade, then you can trade any market, any commodity, any currency, anything in the world. And that's the analogy I often use for people is if you know how to drive a car, then you can drive any car in the world because driving is a skill. The driver is who you become. The vehicle you drive is the choice that you have to drive, whether you like something that's a bit more stately like a Rolls-Royce or something super fast like a Ferrari or Bugatti Veyron or something like that. Or you might like something safe like a Volvo just to suit your personality. And so it is with the stock market or world markets. And as I said, people say, can you teach me how to trade the US market? Well, my book is released in the US. I've just used the Dow stocks, but everything in it, the content in it, is exactly the same as the Australian version of the book, except the trading part is just I've used US stocks rather than Australian stocks. And I could do vice versa. I mean, the Australian book would just go, it's just as much information for the US people as the Australian version is to Australia. So to me, it's not about what market you trade, it's how you trade or what the process you take and the skills you develop. So um, yeah, we had a look at the currencies there and it was a really high level look and we will put some more analysis onto them. But really when you're looking at trading, it really is what skills do you have, what knowledge, what strategies, what processes, what skills do you have as a trader? And if you don't have a high level of knowledge or skill, then markets like foreign exchange, like options, like CFD should be avoided. And you should be looking at more of the buying, just buying really good stocks and getting that process right, getting your skills right, getting your structure right, because you can always accelerate it later, as we've talked about in past live shows when we looked at, uh, if you haven't seen some of those past live shows, you know, we've talked about accelerating your wealth in many different ways throughout those last live shows. And we'll do a little bit more um, tonight, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. But let's have a quick look at the chat because there's some great questions. And I know there's a few people with different stocks. So we've got Dale Thomason, um, he's got some stocks. Mark is back online again. Thanks, Mark. I did see an email from you the other day, I think. Um, so hopefully somebody's helped you out. I haven't had time to answer you personally. Um, Francis, uh, Francois, sorry, Grobler, he says, hi, Dale, I'm very new to trading. So welcome on board. So glad you're dipping your foot in the water. So that's really, really good. He said, I bought my first share this week and I'm very excited to start my investing journey. Read both of your books and learning a lot from the show. Fantastic. Um, he goes on to say, I'd like to invest in medium to longer term with small amounts of money. That's great. Really good to start off like that using small amounts of money and spreading your risk off across a few stocks. And that's what I talk about in my book. Um, we do talk about it a few times in my book. It's like, how do you start with a little bit of capital, a little bit more capital and a lot of capital and what do you need to be doing? Um, so he's obviously following what I've talked about in my book. Um, he's looking to add another four to five stocks to his portfolio. And he's looking at um, Northern Star, NST. Now he also says, you mentioned this stock in yesterday's video. I uh, would, would have been great to, if I could buy on the 1st of January 2018 at $6. Yeah, well, you can't trade in hindsight, can we? But uh, it would be nice to think we can sometimes. Um, but uh, I was not investing them. Am I just too late for this stock now? Um, I'll bring that stock up in a second, but he said, if I buy now, am I just buying high to sell low yet later? Thanks for the great show and your thoughts. So let's bring up the chat. Uh, sorry, let's bring up the chart and see the chat. I was looking at the chat, looking at the chart and you can see what we're talking about here. This thing's moved very, very, very fast um, from 2018. So there's the sort of the low in 2018 through here, um, right through there. And beautiful, beautiful, big move. Um, my guess is yes. And what you, you have left your run a little bit too late. When you see stocks go vertical, they don't do that for very long periods of time. 
and there's that angle it's moving up moving up faster and I do teach students in our courses about using these angles and the volatility and momentum of the market now I bring this up pretty much every week the market runs on volatility and momentum and we need to measure that to determine whether it's going too fast or too slow um, and therefore will tell us where to buy and where to sell. There are better stocks for you to buy than this one in terms of yes it's gone up, yes it's done very 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 well. Um, even in the last couple of months since that low there we can see it's gone up 77.96% since April so May, June, July. So it's gone up a lot but you don't want to get into stocks like that too late which is what the majority of people do they see something take off they see volume coming into it and then they start jumping in here only for it to fall right back to here and they lose money quite quickly because as you can see by the time it gets right back to this sort of point you've lost nearly half of your money which means you'd have to double your money to get it back again um, in that in that point of view so you're better off on better stocks in terms of look at if you're looking at to build your portfolio right now as I say in my book start with you know thousand dollars at a time and just buying the best stocks on the marketplace and if you're brand new to the market then Francois I'd say just stick in the top 20 stocks don't go outside of that it's about getting that process right understanding the broker portals it's of understanding how to buy how to sell how to do the paperwork and manage your portfolio it's not about making lots of money right now because the money will come if you do the process right and I often say to traders you need to earn the right to become a good trader and earning the right means putting the time and effort into learning properly applying your skills and becoming uh, very skillful at trading and then getting that the results will come with that and it's like anything like if you've ever played the piano or a guitar or any sort of musical instrument or learned to sing the whole idea is about practice 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 to build the skill to be able to do it properly so that you can play music that everybody likes um, and it's the same in trading if you want to be a very very accomplished musician at trading in that same that same sense is you need to practice and practice and practice the skills and that's what we teach our traders we teach them the solid skills first the rules and strategies and get them to practice it to get their skill level to a high enough level that doesn't matter what's happening on the marketplace or what the marketplace is talking about they're making money year in year out and they have low risk um, and they sleep at night quite well so but great you're getting into the market now so I'm really uh, excited about that so stay with the show and hopefully you keep learning some more but keep going back into the books and and reading over those books again. Um, RB's is asked for some stocks, that's great. Um, Bython 14, hi Dale, Bill here is selling half a position in a stock viable if you are unsure where it's heading. Absolutely Bill, um, it really is viable and we do that occasionally depending on where we think a stock is. It's taking some of your money off the table. Um, if you're not really, really sure. We're actually, what we do sometimes is, well, Janine and I will take some money off the table and sell half a position. If it's hit certain levels that we, we're deeming as targets for ourselves, and what we're trying to do is basically bank some profits for our clients and just leave, reduce their risk a little by selling that half and then letting the rest of it run. And, uh, and it really does work for increasing some of the profits sometimes and as I say, minimizing those risks. We don't do it all the time. I don't necessarily suggest it all the time. Normally you'd wait for a stock to tell you to 
give you that exit signal that it is actually going down, but it's really nice. If you're a bit nervous about a stock and you're not sure where it's going, sell half, great strategy. So well done, Bill, for asking that question. Um, Savio says, I like watching your show, great work. What are your thoughts on borrow? We'll get to that in a second. I know there was another couple of questions here before I get into all the stocks. Bevan Anon says a few stocks there. Ah, here we go. He said, I'm literally new to this as new can be. So welcome to the show, Bevan. It's really exciting to see a couple of newbies here, which is fantastic. He said, I have a, have a, a $1,000 in Bellamy's, $1,000 in TSL, and we'll soon have a spare $1,000. The wife will not let me spend more until I show results. That's fair enough. Um, what do you do with the last $1,000 to grow? Again, if you're in basically as new as new can be, then you've bought the wrong stocks and we'll look at TSL in a second and um, uh, have a look at that but stick in the top 20 don't go outside of that because what your wife's going to be a lot more angry about is if you start losing because you don't know what you're doing and if you're buying the wrong stocks that's what will happen because you don't have the knowledge and skills to do that as of yet whereas the big top blue chip stocks are going to look after you they're going to make your money and yeah they'll be a little bit less volatile but you'll make very good money on them and and this is one of those myths that i find a lot of people get into they're thinking big stocks don't move fast rubbish look at csl cochlear and the list goes on the macquarie bank's done brilliantly um, that's one of the stocks we're going to look at tonight. But let's have a quick look at a couple of your stocks here. We're going to have a look at Bellamy's and TSL. So the guys can bring up the stocks and I'll look at Bellamy's and TSL. I've brought them, put them up here. Um, here we go. So here's Bellamy's. A lot of people have asked me a lot of times about Bellamy's over the last couple of years. And it was really, really bearish through from its all-time high back here in March last year down to that low in December but since then it's done really nice it's little done as sort of a dead cat bounce so it is looking better at this point in time I would suggest you buying into this stock at this top at this point in time is too early um, I think you're taking higher risk but it is looking better so I will not totally say you've made a bad choice we've had one two three four weeks up I would like to see it find a higher trough than there come down a little bit and make a higher trough than that if it does that then I think you'll be fine but really right now there was there's no buy signals on this for me at all at this point in time it's more higher risk than that but this is the, the next stock we're going to show you is TSL which is the other one that you mentioned you bought and I'm going to be really really honest with you um, in Bevan is that looking at this chart scares the hell out of me it really does it's it's for somebody in with your level of knowledge and skill just getting into the market that's a scary stock to own and i'm not sure why you bought it because it wouldn't have my money anywhere near that uh, your choice about what you want to do but if you're uh, if you're buying stocks like that, then you are asking to lose uh, those $1,000 positions that you're taking. And so I think your wife's going to be a hell of a lot more upset at you um, uh, when that actually happens. And I see far too many people start out their investing trading journey, buying what is on chat forums or listening to chat forums and those things and trying to buy the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest stocks on the marketplace. The best investment that I can suggest you do right now is to get online tonight and buy my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. It'll teach you what to do. As it's taught um, Francois, is what he's, how to do it properly to get started. Because what you want is your experiences from now to be very nice and pleasurable and avoid a lot of the mistakes. But TSL is super, super scary to me that you actually own this stock. And to me, uh, what you do, whether you keep it or you don't keep it, your choice. I'm not giving you financial.
financial advice. I'm just saying this is not a stock that even me as a professional would own, let alone somebody with very little knowledge. Now, I'm not trying to be rude to you. I'm just trying to be very, very honest with you. It's a scary stock. So please uh, be very, very, very careful about what you do from here. The next stock you buy should be a top 20 stock, guaranteed, absolute, positively. If you don't do that, um, then, you know, to me, you're not looking after yourself properly. But there's some great stocks we'll look at tonight. Maybe pick one of those. And that's what I'm going to look at. Um, let's have a quick look at, let's go and look at some, I've got some emails actually. So I'll look at those and have a bit of a chat about those just before we look at some more stuff in the chat forum. Um, oh, I took my glasses off. Now I've got to put them back on again. Um, this one, is, the first one is from Sean. He said, Elders has just announced the purchase of a merchandise company. This has ignited the share price. Would you anticipate the price pulling back to a resistance level before heading higher? Love the show. Thank you, Sean. So thanks, Sean, for um, sending in that email prior to today. Elders was, as a, was a bit of a dog stock for quite a while, but let's bring that up. And we'll have a quick look at Elders here. And for a long time, as you can see, there was a rich of a dog stock, as you can see. It's just kept going south. Um, from where it was. It's been on our market for a long, long time, as you can see, way back into the 1990s, and its all-time high is here back in June uh, of 2007, prior to the GFC, and you can see how it just was decimated. Um, and looking at this, they get into a lot of trouble, but as we get through, you can see it's moving up now. This is looking a hell of a lot better. I'll just go back a little bit. Right now, that's that move up that uh, we're talking about there, or Sean's actually talking about in his email. So it is looking a little bit better. There was a big more drifting down um, form of pattern here that it's sort of consolidation distribution pattern. But let's go and look at the weekly chart, and you can see a little bit more clearly on that weekly chart. It has moved up quite nicely, moved up into this sort of area around, there is some minor resistance around all here. I would expect it would float down again. Uh, that would be my guess at this point in time. And already can, we can start seeing that on that weekly bar. You can see here it's open, you pushed up, come back down again. Sometimes when you see things shoot off like a rocket, what happens is it creates an exhaustion. Uh, and what, what I mean by that is there could be people above these sorts of levels here that are sitting there waiting to buy and they have all their orders at, let's say, let's say they have their order at above that high there. And that's like 678. As soon as it goes through 678, all the orders get taken up and you see a stock will go bang and it'll really shoot up strongly as more buying comes into it. But all those people with their order sitting there get exhausted pretty quickly. And so therefore then the buying, that heavy buying stops, but the sellers are still there and you'll see the stock, uh, the stock price will drift back towards back to the to the actual point where it broke out and if i use my little trend arrow what i mean by that is you can see it break out and then it comes right back into that sort of level so right now that's it's quite highly possible that that will happen with this stock now having a quick look at its daily chart you can see today it's actually fallen 37 cents um, and down so my guess is the next few days and how far it falls in here will tell me whether it's more longer term bullish or whether it's going back to where it was before but elders as i said it's a good stock it's it's reworked itself over the past few years um, it is looking better um, and obviously there's some really positive news which has seen it move up so right now probably a tiny little bit too early would i jump in today no would i jump in tomorrow no I would wait to see what kind of strength it's actually got before I get into it. But great question, Sean. So the next question we've got is from Ross. Let me pick my um, paper up here. Ross says, love the weekly live show and uh, US and Australian market updates. Thanks very much, Ross. Um, I've gone back through and watched most of your earlier 
YouTube videos and have gained some valuable insights. So fantastic you're getting all of that out of my videos. Um, my live chat was playing up last night during the live show and my question finally posted, however, was too late to be answered. He said, I currently have a position in Bluescope still that I bought in at $12 as a medium to long-term hold. Wanting your thoughts on this stock, so I'll do that. I'm also currently looking at a position in NUF and Woodside, again, as medium to long-term holds. What are your thoughts on this? Now, I did tell him to go and look at New Farm because I did cover that in last week's show. So let's go and have a look at the charts again, and we'll bring up the Blue Scope Steel. So that's my next stop here. I actually like Blue Scope Steel as a stock, and uh, I'm, I'm liking that sort of materials sector still. Uh, and you can see how it's drifted down over the last few months. You know, if I put my little um, tool in, you can see it's drifted down here about 4576 over this period of time um, since July 2018. So it's been about a year going down, which is really consistent with what I was talking about last week. We see stocks move up and then they move down again. So right now, this is possibly finding some support here, but a little bit too early. I think it does look all right. Looking at the weekly chart, I think this is a nice looking stock at this sort of, uh, at this period there. So um, I don't disregard that this is, he says, I currently have a position he bought in at $12. So he bought in somewhere around there. So probably a little bit too early um, in my book, but it is looking nice. So at this point in time, I think you've made a good buy. Uh, not a good buy. So it's a good buy, not a good buy um, from that point of view. So that's looking pretty good. Let's go and have a look at Woodside at this point in time. Again, more recently, it's been a bit bearish, but it's not too bearish for me. It does. It's been trending up quite nicely since sort of 2016 right up here. It is looking a little bit more indecisive, but you see that with Woodside here. It's got these big dips through it. So it's not necessarily a stock for more inexperienced traders it as you mentioned it's more for the medium term so i'm not so worried about that but you can tell here when we're looking at if i just put a, a trend line tool on it you can see the momentum of it sort of got through here isn't it so it's roughly running up and around this line so you'd think it would continue on that and stocks do have their momentum if i can grab this trend line and move it you'll probably see what i'm talking about here come on and don't you hate it when things when you're using a different computer. See the angle of that trend? It's basically the same. And so we, we see that quite regularly, the stocks, you, um, you, their momentum and volatility is similar to past. And there's, it's what happened in the past will happen again. And uh, what how we predict the future price uh, of stocks and the time of stocks is to look at the past. Now, sometimes people will say to me, oh, that's sort of like fortune telling or crystal ball reading. But it simply is, it's just human behavior. I know, as on mass that everybody watching this show, a huge percentage of people, I know roughly 90% of you don't have very much knowledge on trading the market. I know that for a fact. Uh, and I know a whole lot of facts around how much what people actually do and, and the mistakes people make because it doesn't matter where we are in history, going back two, 300 years on stock markets, we don't learn. It's as simple as that. And uh, I had somebody commenting on our US report that we put out this morning on a US market report talking about the US market doing this and you know we haven't learned from the GFC. Well, we haven't learned from anything over the last three, 400 years of stock markets and we won't. That's just human behavior and human nature. Doesn't matter whether we haven't learned from the GFC because what caused the GFC is very similar to what caused the 29 crash and all sorts of other ones. It's overuse of leverage um, and it's over speculation in a market. That's fear and greed 
rampant all of the time. Right now, we're not in a greedy point, and that's really where I keep saying to people is, how does a market crash when we haven't got rampant speculation and greed? Yes, you know, they, the US has, is still doing things that they used to do, um, but I don't think it's gonna crash anytime soon. I think the uh, bigger pullback of the US is gonna happen in a few years time, not necessarily this year, but right now you're looking really, really good on Woodside uh, put petroleum, so I think that's really, really good. Have another quick look at, um, the chat again, um, see what else we've got. Let's go to, I'm gonna bring um, Dale Thomason. He was perpetual, so I think he's the next one on here. So having a look at Dale's stock here. So looking at this, perpetual's a little bit of a harder one. Um, it really is a bit more of a choppy type of stock here in terms of getting it. It really doesn't get into sort of trending too much. Um, it has been down a little bit over since you know, 2017 and, and you think, being the kind of stock this is, it would should be a little bit better, but you can see there's a whole mass of resistance right across sort of these sorts of areas here. You can see it through here around that $45 mark. You can see it here at $48 mark, um, but it's getting support around that $30 mark. So it'd be interesting to see whether it moves up or down from this point of view. Right now, I think is a bit more downside. I'm not sure what you're talking, uh, what you're thinking about um, um, Dale um, in terms of that, but right now it does look like it's got further downside. This is not looking really good. Um, although this is obviously slightly good because it is closing higher for this week, but we're only two days into the week. If this closes lower, then I would suggest there's a lot more downside on this, but nothing too exciting for me at this point in time. But uh, now let's get into the topic for tonight's show, which is how to be financially independent and retire early with $1 million. Now, the most common questions people ask me when it comes to thinking about retirement is how much money do I need to save for retirement? Or how much money do you need to retire comfortably now? Um, I also get a similar question about trading the markets uh, and people say to me, um, how much do I need to start trading the market? But maybe I'll leave that to another time because it's a little bit of a, a, a different question from that point of view anyway. Now, while all these are great questions, the real question we should be asking is, how can we become financially independent and retire early? Let's face it, most of us don't want to be working until we're age 70, not unless we really love what we're actually doing. And, uh, and it is quite interesting when you uh, get security and you know you, you can generate money anytime you like, um, you do tend to go and do what you want to do and what you love to do. And, and me, I retired, I think it was 39, I sort of retired and then people drove me crazy wanting me to teach them how to trade and mentor them in trading. So and eventually we got back in and uh, me and my wife and I started this business and that's really how it started 17 years ago. And I, as you can tell, um, both Janine and I love this business. Janine came to me and said, let's get this thing doing. And, and she loves it as well. As you can tell, we have a ball every time we're on, especially when we're on together. So, um, but, so what I'll share with you today is a simple methodology that you can use that involves saving a percentage of your hard earned money. Uh, like a couple of the people we're on here, they put a thousand dollars into a few different stocks. So really same sort of process um, and getting and investing it in a stock market to build your wealth. Now, Obviously, the earlier start, the better off you be. Now, I know on this YouTube channel, a lot more of you are under 35, so that means that you should be starting now if you haven't started already. Now, the examples I'm about to share with you are all relative. Now, given that each of you will have a different earning capacity and various financial commitments. That said, for those who do earn an annual income, even after quantifying and accounting for your expenses, I've never ever met anyone 
who could not save at least 10% of their household income. In fact, most people find they can save 20 to 30% and still maintain a good lifestyle. I was showing people how to do this 20 years ago and sitting people with bits of paper and showing them, you know, looking at their budgets and working it all out. And I met some people that are in really, really bad financial position and every single one I could help them save money and reorganize it. It's not hard when you start looking at it on bits of paper and, and really starting to qualify and quantify what you're actually doing with your money. And it's about making sure you're putting the money in where it's important to you, not what's not important to you. So, but let's consider how you can set up a saving strategy and invest in the stock market to accumulate wealth for yourself so that you become financially independent and retire early. Now, for some on a low income who is only able to save around, let's say $2,000 a year, which is not a lot of money, um, it would take approximately 41 years for you to accumulate $1 million based on a 10% compounded growth rate. Now, I can hear some of you saying 10%, isn't that unrealistic? Unreal well, not really. It's, it's simply because if you just bought and held the top 10 shares over any 10-year period on the Australian market, your return would be around 10%, including dividends. Now, we proved it time and time and time again. So let's take a look at the long-term history now of the All Ordinaries Index. Now, the chart um, on your screen is in my ebook, and I have a similar one in my latest book, Accelerate Your Wealth. And as you can see, the market is mostly in an uptrend and has risen 1,429% over the 37 years between July 1982 and June 2019, which is an average annual return of over 38% average annual return. The compounded rate of return is closer to 10% without dividends. So you're going to get that 10% um, return no matter what. That's just buy and hold. Now let's look at the returns you get from investing $2,000 a year. And as you can see in the middle column, it took 41 years to accumulate $1,073,284. Um, if we double the investment to $4,000 a year, Still with a compounded return of 10%, you can see in the last column, it would take you 34 years to accumulate over $1 million. Now, while I appreciate that someone investing $2,000 or even $4,000 is not going to be able to purchase all of the top 10 stocks when they initially start out because of the effective transaction costs on their portfolio returns. And this is something I outline in detail in my book, how to do all of that, as I was saying earlier, to those people who are putting $1,000 into each stock um, is how to do it with little, very little money and how to get started. And, and obviously there's other examples of more money and a lot of money, but as you accumulate more savings, you'll be able to build up your portfolio until you're able to at least hold five stocks, as I suggest in my book, uh, Accelerate Your Wealth. Now, let's consider how long it would take you if you invested 10,000 per annum with a compounded return of 10%. Now, as you can see, the compounding effect is quite significant, reducing the time it will take you to accumulate $1 million to around, or reducing it by around nine years. Now, let's consider what the outcome would be if you took a more active approach, which is what I'm suggesting people do, be much more active than buy and hold, into managing your portfolio. Now, as opposed to using a buy and hold strategy, for those of you who have read my book or my latest book, Accelerate Your Wealth, you will know I've traded or actively traded a portfolio over 10 years from the January 2007 using the top 20 stocks on the Australian market, which took into account the effect of the GFC, 
and the market volatility that followed this period. Um, and it sounds like it's raining here in Melbourne pretty heavily, so you might be able to hear that through the speakers. Uh, it's quite windy and obviously rainy. It's, um, it's not usual for Melbourne to rain, is it? Um, let's keep moving on. But over the last 10 years, ending December 2016, the gain achieved from capital growth and dividends amounted to 225.82%, or an average annual return of 22.58%. Remember, that was during the GFC as well. So my book entailed the whole GFC period um, to get that kind of return. Now that equated to an annual compounded return of 12.54%, just if you're a little bit more active. Now my book doesn't talk about being a super active trader. It's still more of a medium to longer term view. So you can make better returns just by being a little bit more active. So now let's look at what effect this would have on generating income for your retirement. Now, as you can see, because of the compounding effect on investments and the higher investment returns, you have once again reduced your time. Now, it would take to accumulate that $1 million, so it really is compounding those returns for you. Now, while the actual investment return would be slightly lower when making additional contributions over time, what you can see is that by actively managing your portfolio and allowing investments to compound, you'd be better off and quicker it would be to achieve or able to achieve your goal and being financially independent so you can retire early. Now all this assumes you are saving your money and putting that into shares. In the past shows, we really have introduced you to many ways to accelerate your wealth even faster, using leverage, using all sorts of different things to accelerate it even faster. Now you remember back in those shows, or if you've watched them, you remember I said, if you can keep making 10% consistently, then you can just move the decimal point one place to the right and make it 10 times faster. But you have to earn the right to make 10% consistently. And that's really what I was saying earlier. So let me ask you, if you can achieve these sorts of results with very little knowledge, imagine what life would be like if you actually really knew how to take advantage of the market and increase your returns even more. And many of our students are making far more than 10 or 12% per annum on their, on their investments. And some of them are making two and three times that just using blue chip shares in cash. So it really is your choice of how, how and how much you want to take it and how more active you want to be. Now remember, it's your journey and it's your choice. Now when you're growing your wealth, it opens up so many choices for you in terms of where you live and what you do. All you need to do is make a decision to start because the one thing I know is that if you do not start, you'll not get there. Um, and over the past month or so, we've outlined several wealth creation strategies, as I mentioned to you. So let me ask you, are you going to do something, do nothing, or will you continue to make excuses and procrastinate? If you are serious about creating real wealth for yourself, then there really is only one choice, and that is to do something. So if you have been thinking about giving us a call, just do that, commit yourself to giving us a call and just do it now. And we have a great friendly team who are building their own wealth. They're trading themselves. All our people here are traders and students of ours and they really are keen to help you on your journey. Now remember the first step in achieving anything is to make a decision for yourself. Um, but now I think it's time we get into some more stocks for everyone. So let's just have a look at the chat again and see where we're at. And I'll bring up some stocks. Now we, as I said, we did Dale. Now, now we're into Mark Hall. 
And Mark said, I'd like your opinion on Macquarie, Westpac and Newcrest. Thanks again for all your help. My pleasure, Mark. It's great to see that uh, you're on the show again. Uh, and you're consistently on the show and, and emailing us. It says, says to us that you're really keen to learn properly, which is, which is really, really great. As I was saying a little bit earlier in the show, Macquarie. Macquarie is actually one of the, the, is the best bank um, over the last several years, it's outperformed all other banks. And right now, it just looks good, doesn't it? If you look at that monthly chart, it just looks good. It looks like it's going to continue to go up. I have no issues with this at this point in time. Uh, the weekly chart even looks good. It's around about $130. Now, um, that stock for that other gentleman a little bit earlier that had that stock that I didn't like and I was scared of, a far better stock for you to buy, yeah. And some, you might be sitting there saying to me, $130, I can't afford $130 because I've only got $1,000 to invest in. $130, I wouldn't even get 10 shares. But you're better off with those 10 shares than a 10 million shares in that other stock. Uh, and it's not how many shares you own that's important, it's the quality of the shares you own. Because if you put $1,000 into a Macquarie or a Westpac or a CSL or a Cockley or a Wes Farmers or any of those top 20 stocks, and you put 10% into that stock that you've already got, if you make 10%, you've made 10%. It's the $1,000 has made 10%, but you're much better off or you're much more likely to make your 10% uh, return on these big stocks. So again, very, very careful about what stocks you do pick from that point of view. Let's have a quick look at West uh, Pack. And you can see here, again, this has been, a, this stocks has been bearish like all of the banks. They were all down from March, April 2015 and all fell 30, 40 odd percent. Last few months, it's looking a lot better. A little bit more indecision through here, but I think all the banks are good for the second half of the year. Obviously, Combank is the preferred one. Westpac is there. Um, ANZ and uh, NAB are probably out my least preferred bank stocks at this point in time, but both all looking really, really good. Quick look at Newcrest. Again, Newcrest has shot up really, really nicely, so good. I'm not sure whether you own them or you don't own them, uh, Mark, but a really, really nice pick. So I have to congratulate you. Good in looking at really good stocks. You're looking at stocks that are moving up. You're not trying to bottom pick. It's just, you know, I see so many people trying to bottom pick stocks, you know, like AMP, we saw that last week fall out of bed. And, uh, you know, and a lot of, a lot of, um, uneducated people were trying to bottom pick, trying to pick A&P up really, really cheaply only to get stung. And it's, it's so common for me to see that. And that's what I said to you earlier. People don't learn. It really, they don't learn. And uh, it's interesting when I get in front of people and, you know, whether it's on the street or wherever I am and they start telling me how to trade the market, but uh, they're telling the expert how to do something. And I, and I go, when I walk away, and I remember I was at a funeral, um, a couple of months ago and somebody walked up to myself and my wife and somebody else and they started telling me about, the, they, they said, what do you do? And my wife said, oh, Dale does this. And then he started telling me about the market and within 30 seconds I had to walk away and leave them because the person had no idea. It's simply no idea and it's like, it's, it's, it's blind um, faith that they actually do know what they know and it's a bit of ignorance too and that's what I, I think a lot of people don't understand the risk they're taking with the market and uh, it really is about getting a good education and you will make the money it's simple you get a good education you build your skills you make the money it's simple as that um, but Newcrest great stock well done Mark for doing that um, we've handled Francois we've got RB he's got Galaxy Resources we have looked at this one this one looks a bit of a dog stock at this point in time mate um, I don't like it. 
it's going down. It looks like it's going to continue to go down. We've got a little bit of strength over the last few weeks. This could just be a counter trend before it falls. It could be one of these little moves or one of these little moves. We see them all through here before it falls away right now, way way too early for looking at this stock at this point in time. Um, I don't know whether you own them or not. And uh, as I said to everybody earlier, tell me what you think of them. Um, but right now, that's not even interesting to me at this point in time. Um, I might have it on a watch list, but right now I'm not looking at it. Um, the other one I think that uh, you wanted was RSG, is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, RSG Resolute Mining. Look at that, it's massive, massive moved up. You've missed the big move. That's a huge move up already. If you're not already in it, it's too late pretty much at this point in time. 89%, this is likely to pull back at the moment because stocks overheat. People remember, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six weeks. People remember it was a dollar and 10. Now it's a dollar 80 or dollar 70. People remember that and they go, oh, it's too, too high now. And that vacuum's been sucked right up. So I don't see this as a good buy right now. Um, I see it's way too late. The best time to enter would have been a hell of a lot lower than this at this point in time. So I don't actually like either of those stocks, um, RB. So obviously, sorry, no good news. Um, we handled Bevan, um, Kraken Gamer 81, Bevan and on AGH hold for 12 months um, plus. So AGH, have we got AGH? Did we have a look at that one? Where is it? AGH, there it is. So look at that. Um, yeah, look, it's a bit illiquid, this stock, and you're holding it for 12 months. I'm not sure where you where you entered into it. Um, look, I'm not sure whether you'd hold this for 12 months. Looking how vertical this is, I would suggest in the not too distant future, this is coming down. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six weeks up. Looking very indecisive right now. It just depends on, this is where you look at what the other gentleman said, maybe you know, get half your profits off the table or half bank, take half your position off the table and let the market work out the rest of it uh, in terms of that. But I'd have a stop loss on it. But my plan, if I own this stock right now, my plan wouldn't necessarily be to hold it for 12 months. My plan would be to have a stop loss or an exit strategy on it and get out if it triggered that exit strategy at this point in time. So that's what I would be looking at here. Um, Kevin Chen, hi Dale, I've been reading your book recently and gained great understanding of investments. Thanks, I haven't heard your name before, so welcome to the show if you're new, Kevin. So thank you very much for buying my book and, and, uh, and you'll get a lot more out of it the more you read it. Uh, trust me on that one. Um, Tim Smith's, uh, Smith or Smith. Um, says, hi Dale, what are your thoughts on A2 milk as it continues to break through its all-time high? So let's whack in A2 milk, A2. It's interesting, like I was saying last week, we get these runs on people just looking at stocks, the same stocks. Um, looking quite nice at the moment. Um, we got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks up. I'd suggest it's probably going to have a week or two down shortly, but it's looking quite nice. Um, I do like the stock. Um, it does. It is a long-term sort of bullish stock at this point in time. Hasn't had really any major, major, major pullbacks. You can see that one there is 40%. This one suggests it's strong, but um, I'd like to see, where's the volume on this? Put some volume on the bottom. Yeah, look, the volume's a bit lower at the moment, so we're not getting as much participation as we were here. So I wouldn't suggest this next move up is strong. A lot of people get into stocks like A2 Milk who move very, very quickly through from sort of here right up to here and you can see a thousand percent and they buy in expecting it to do that again and it's not going to do that i can guarantee it, it will not do 976 percent um, in about two years not even that it's just not going to do it because the market's fully awake on this stock at this point in time and uh, you'll find that it's a lot more news and it's more on the radar 
um, but I think it's just coming back to normal type of um, momentum. Uh, and as you see with my type, my trend line tool, you can see there roughly that's its momentum. So I think it'll start keep moving up along that. So don't expect huge goals, but it looks good for me right at this particular time. So um, well done for picking um, that one. Um, regular fam, bam, hi Dale. Well, what would areas of trading do you have opportunity to improve? Um, I'm not sure whether you're talking about me or you're talking about yourself. So um, always, no, but never, uh, how do I answer that one? I always say to people, my traders is always be a student of the market. Now, you know, often people tell me it's about, people try and compare each uh, themselves to others. And it's like, if I stood on, you know, on a line uh, and it has 10 notches on that line and I stood at the 10, where would you compare yourself to me in terms of your knowledge and experience? there but i could stand on that line comparing myself to somebody else and i might only compare myself five out of ten to somebody else so it really is about your journey and i often say to people never ever think you've got the market pegged because it'll never happen it's very much you need to you can't control the market the only things i can control is getting in and getting out that's it everything else the market controls and market volatility can't be um, predicted it just happens and we have to deal with that so we're always fine-tuning your skills like elite sports people they're always practicing always learning always fine-tuning their skills so we can always learn more that said i'm really really happy with all the techniques and tools that i use uh, and whilst i've got different analysis that i do want to learn more about um, it's more out of interest rather than anything else and it's nothing major um, but it's just more interest because i love talking about things trading and learning more about trading and it just rounds you out as a trader but there's not too much that I would actually add to that anyway so um, what do we got here um, friends so here we go Barry Ward Bevan TSL or TLS uh, that one might be if he's got TLS that's a good point Barry if it if it's TLS that he's got then that's a great buy so I take back everything I said about being scared of the stock um, I think Telstra is a really really nice stock at this point in time um, just uh, Francois said, Bevan, a non, you will be not be sorry, the best $30 I ever spent. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Francois. Um, uh, Bevan's going, ha ha, made some mistake, but thank you so much. I'm stoked my question got discussed. My pleasure, matey. That's what we're here for. I've heard you saying you learn from mistakes, though. You do very, very much, so do keep watching. Um, any more stocks uh, we've got here? I'm trying to find another little stock here. So down the bottom we've got here, my name is Tina, not sure how I got the name there in YouTube. That's okay, Tina, it would be on your Google, whatever you logged into the chat, so it'll be somewhere there. But anyway, um, it'll be your normal normal there. He said, I sh um, Tina, not sure how I got the name in there in YouTube. I'd like to ask your opinion on Rio Tinto. Thank you. So let's bring up Rio Tinto. Got a few minutes left, so I'll try and cover as many more stocks as I possibly can. Rio, like BHP, is looking good, although Rio, I, I did this um, stock a little bit, it's holding back a little bit more. Rio isn't, hasn't been anywhere near as bullish as what BHP did, so have a look at yeah, my market, my Australian market report yesterday, I do put bring up BHP and Rio, I think, was it last week or this? Yesterday or last week, one of the two ones, and I can't exactly remember which one it was, but I do bring up Rio and Fortescue as well. But Rio's held back, and I do like it. It's it's making a little bit less money on its iron ore, but it does look bullish, and it does look like it's held back from BHP at the moment, but it does look really, really nice. So uh, good luck with that stock if you do choose to buy that. 
Um, Flight Info is asking about CSL and saying, P.S. I love your show. Thanks. We love having you on the show, um, which is fantastic. Uh, Magical Journey says, hi, Dale. Could you please look at ALL for me? We'll do that. So we'll bring up AL, Aristocrat Leisure and CSL. Great stocks again. Aristocrat Leisure and CSL, another good stock. So these are good stocks for people that are newbies, very, very much so. This looks great. CSL just looks good. And if you looked at CSL, if you bought CSL the day it floated on the Australian Stock Exchange, sit back, hold your seat, you would have made 20 plus percent per annum every single year, plus dividends. You would have made a mozza on this stock basically. Um, it's a brilliant stock to own from that point of view. Right now, it still looks like it's good. It's beautiful trending stock, so I do really, really like it. Aristocrat Leisure, a lot more volatile, a little bit of different stock, but you can see here how this chart here, it's a lot more volatile, with big moves up and down, but it does trend well. And right now, this also looks really, really good. So um, who was it again? Magical Journey, great stock at this point in time. Hopefully you own it. If you don't own it, just wait for it to pull back a little bit because I think it might pull back for a couple of weeks. It is getting near that all-time high there at 33.06, but I still think medium to longer term it does look good and it is reasonably bullish. Uh, Madiba, I can't even say your surname, so please excuse me for that, saying hello. And watching from Nigeria, welcome. Thank you very much. We had somebody from Bali or Indonesia last week or Malaysia, I think, last week. Um, so thank you for joining our show. Just joining, tried registering on Robinhood for stock buying, but it's not possible in my country. Okay, do you know where I could buy stocks from? Um, sorry, I'm not really, I can't really help you there. Um, obviously, with if you want to be trading Australian stocks um, through Australian brokers, you'll need to have an Australian bank account. So I'm not familiar with brokers and that in Nigeria, but I do understand the, the complexities of it all. The, the, um, I won't say the risk that you're taking in, in Nigeria. We have one lady, a Nigerian lady, who's done our diploma course and she used to trade in Nigeria and she was telling me what it's like over there and she now lives in Sydney and trading really, really well. So very, very good, brilliant student, very brilliant student, but I do wish you well. Thanks for being on the show. And Nat Allison says, hi, Dar, love your podcast and YouTube show. Thank you very much. Looking forward to enrolling in the short course in trading. We'd love to have you actually um, from that point of view. And John Huang says, hi, Dale. I clicked on the link in the video description to purchase your book, but the link doesn't work. Oh. Okay, give us a call in the morning. It should work um, from that point of view. So um, last stock uh, we're going to look at is NAN. So that is from, I'm assuming, Nanasonics. Um, interesting. Interesting there. Quite vertical, but as you can see, the momentum has changed at this point in time. Be interesting to see what it does here. If this thing fails to get up sort of above this sort of level and starts to turn again, I think it's going to be all over Red Rover. So if I put here to here, if it fails to get back above this sort of level at 554, let's say we only get one or two weeks up and it starts to go the other way, then it will break that low and it will challenge that low. So would I enter into this stock right now? No, I don't think I would be doing that right now. So, um, but have we, hopefully you've had a great show at this point in time. So looks like I've covered pretty much every, every stock uh, that everybody's asked me to do. And uh, it is a lot harder doing this show on my own without the great support that uh, Janine gives me um, every single week. Now, Janine's been with me better part of 16 years and uh, been my right-hand lady, so she is really indispensable, so it's really hard to fill her shoes. But uh, but hopefully you've enjoyed tonight's show and, and really thanks you for participating. We'd love having you on the show and we'd love to see the show grow. So remember to share it on your 
social media with your friends and colleagues and let everybody else know the show's on and um, you know hopefully we can build an audience in Nigeria so I'd love to do that so um, you'll be remember you'll be helping somebody else and at the same time the more people that join the more we can share with you and this means the more everybody learns so it's fantastic and as you can tell I absolutely love doing this and I could sit here for ages doing seriously city for ages doing this um also make sure you put the show into your calendar so next week you're back online and next tuesday at 7 p.m now if you can't be with us live next week um we're always happy to receive your questions via email so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and you need to remember to type in wealth within live in the subject line everybody that's doing it's not putting that in so please info at wealthwithin.com.au in the subject line type Wealth Within Live, and that way it gets to me a little bit quicker so people know what you're doing. Uh, and try and tell me why, you want me why you want me to look at the stock for you or expand on your questions. Now, that really does bring us to the end of the show. We really hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. And always, thanks for taking part. And we'll see you again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.